What's what's the intro? What's the proper intro? Uh, I'm coughing? I don't know. Um, tight to you, to one and all. Yes. And welcome to another episode of Co-Videos. Yes. It's the podcast where we go through our quarantine bucket list of films. Yes. Because there's no time like the present. Right. And we're stuck indoors, so might as well be watching movies. Yeah. I guess we could, like, go up on the roof or something like that, but... <laughs> Can we do that? I don't know. I don't know that we can do that. I've never building. tried. Yeah. Maybe no. we should try. Maybe we should. Maybe everybody's had that idea. <laughs> Maybe that's how we all go. Just, uh, I've heard that there are people that get together or like come out on their windows and like howl at the moon or something like that. That's something that people are doing. Yeah. Which seems I really? mean, a little silly. Is that really something people are doing? I don't know. I don't know if they're actually doing it or not. I just heard of that. that that's what they were doing. This is a tough time for me. Yeah? Yeah. Well, how so? Uh, this is a tough time for me because, I, I mean, you know, I'm not a working scientist, but I studied science. I was going yeah. to be a working scientist for the first part of my life, and so a healthy skepticism and a healthy reliance on facts and what you can prove and experimentation was very important to me. Sure. And as soon as this happens, everything just becomes completely it's all folk medicine the evil eye advil's gonna kill you yeah it's just a bunch of people doing crazy insane things and there is i was reading um i can't find it now but there's a link i was reading about um you know internet hysteria and this was a study that was done years before any of this ever happened but it's just like the way that social media can and i don't know again as a scientist i don't know how they are measuring quote unquote hysteria mm. but um because i didn't get all the way through the article uh but it seemed very trustworthy but the, the idea that things propagate and people go oh, i don't know about that and i know you are a great person for that yeah i'm a person who forms an opinion and then sometimes i need to be swayed even though my opinion made a lot of sense before and now maybe doesn't uh i.e the mask debate yes which I'll maintain my position is still correct that I have no plans of leaving it anywhere. And yeah, even if I do, right. I'm going to be in my car or I'm going to be yards away from other people. So mm-hmm. I don't – it just doesn't – it's not mustard gas. I don't think I'm going to need a mask. But yet I got some bandanas out and I got some scrunchies out and mm-hmm. I made masks. Mm-hmm. So we've got masks. Right. But I just – yeah, the things that people get off the internet are crazy. Well, you didn't know that that was that was coming when you talked about howling at the moon. No, um, I don't believe the the Italy thing. I think that that was like a viral thing. Yeah, yeah. There's the, an I- Italian together. YouTuber, and he's like, "All right, I'm going to stick my guitar out the window, and then you." But uh, you know, but I'm doing this the whole time. Uh, right, right, with right. My hand. Yes. What am I doing? The Italian motion. Yeah, yeah. Um, How do they play? Well, you could hold the pick really well, I suppose, of the it, guitar. Yeah, yeah, I guess. If you just turn it down. Right. No, no, Giuseppe. Oh my goodness. Do the thing, but you got to turn it 180 degrees. <laughs> I don't know. Say something. Um, yeah, I mean, it is uh, kind of crazy how fast misinformation can spread on the internet. But I mean, I guess it, we shouldn't really be surprised, should we? Um, and you always have to. Why not? Why shouldn't we be surprised? Um, because this is something that has um, always been there. We just maybe didn't necessarily acknowledge stupidity. 
Yeah, stupidity, but also like, you know, hearing something from an article, not necessarily checking the source and grasping onto it and and, and yeah. saying this well, is the truth. That's how we got into this mess. Yeah. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Talk about movies. Let's do it. What movie did you pick off of your list to watch uh, yes. for this episode? So we're going... In... No, just tell me what one you picked. Oh, okay. Uh, we picked uh, The Graduate, um, which I had never seen, of course, because on my list there are movies that I've never seen. Right. So You have failed this city um movie ignorance yeah yeah and so the hood is coming for you and the next name on the list is the graduate that's right congratulations <laughs> you're dead yeah um 1967 I, yeah the graduate i did not realize that the entire um uh soundtrack was simon and garfunkel oh my god <laughs> and i mean it's like a dare or it's yeah. like a challenge. It's like, let's make a great movie, and then let's try to drive the audience crazy with the music. Uh, so you've got The Graduate. Uh-huh. You've got uh, The Third Man. Mm-hmm. You've got... Oh, help me out here. You've uh, got... Uh, what that else? Thing You Do. Because, I mean, they, they play that Those song. Those songs are awesome. Yeah, but you get sick of the main song. Well, the one song. Yeah, because yeah, they, they, they play, play it, it all the time. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. But the, yeah, the songs are great. Yeah, no, I'm not R. saying R. they're not great. R.I.P. Yeah. to a true legend. I, I know, I know. Um, uh, let's see here. What what else? Um, is the music in? Um, I feel like the music in Touch of Evil is is annoying. Oh, you think so? Yeah, okay. I can't really remember that. I don't really remember that being a thing, but I it could it could totally be a thing. Um, uh, it didn't age well, that's for sure. Oh well. That, that, I think that's true for a lot well, of people. Well, first of all, you got Charlton Heston playing a, a Mexican cop. Uh, yeah. Maybe we'll Why save this for the list. Why did we think that was okay? We'll save this for the list. Yeah. And then there's the, like, oh, you know, midway through, end of the second act, uh, Janet Lee's kidnapped by a uh, 50s, 50s biker gang. Vroom, vroom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good point. Um, I did, I do remember enjoying the film, but it, yeah. Um, the graduate. The graduate. Um, I had, you know, knew like the the basic plot, more or less, of the film. Uh, I think that, the story should be how, how did you avoid it, right? Oh, how have I not seen it? Um, well, it came out before I was born, and um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't know how I like never saw it, um, but it just was. Uh, you know, like it wasn't like a movie that like my parents like loved or like passed down or anything like that. And um, I, I'm not exactly sure how I I missed it. It it might it might be a film like I think it's a good film, but it might be a film that is very much of its time. Um, yes. So you I, didn't feel like a diver in a fish tank after you graduated from college? No, I did not. I think that you could identify <laughs> greatly with somebody who graduates from college and has no idea what they want to do with themselves and feels a lot of pressure. Well, yeah, and and that is that is a huge part of the film. That's for sure. Um, and then has an affair with their <laughs> parents' yeah, friend's mother. That that that's where we go kind of weird. But but I I think that you know his character. It, he's a little strange to begin with. Like, I, I feel like, you know, he, yeah, he's, he's been successful. He's won all these, he's won these awards. He's graduated. We don't know where he went to school. That's actually never mentioned, which is kind of 
strange when you East think Coast, about it. Just figure Ivy League, right? League probably, right? Great school. Uh, has hasn't decided if he's going to go to grad school or not. Like his dad basically yells at him at one point because he's just been hanging out in the pool and doesn't seem like he has like a job or anything. Um, and they're pretty well off. Like they give him, don't they give him the car? And then they like gave him this diver suit and we don't actually see him go to the ocean and dive or anything. He just goes into the swimming pool. Um, but I think it's, 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 it's a lot of like, you, you know, this, this kid, he has a lot of potential, but, um, he doesn't know what to do. And so then like when this opportunity presents itself to have an affair with his, um, parents, friends, like, uh, you know, a wife and like, he, he just kind of like falls into it. Like, I'm not entirely sure that it was her intention to seduce him when like she asked him to drive her home or not, because he kind of accuses her of like being like, Oh, you're trying to seduce me. And then she was, she kind of like laughs it off and it's never a hundred percent clear to me if like that was her initial intention or she was just kind of playing with it and to see like where it would go, you know? Um, she quarters him in her daughter's room. Yeah. Naked. Yeah. I I I think, I think she, uh, had a plan. I think she knew what she wanted. Oh, okay. So he like, just wanted to talk to somebody. Yeah. And this yeah. is 1967. Um, so, or you know, I don't know this. I mean, you know, psychiatry is a thing, but I, I don't know. Definitely his parents uh, are not attentive to his emotional needs. And so nobody thinks to think how Benjamin is doing. And, you know, he gets... You know, you can't just leave uh, your undergrad college and then just walk into like a master's school, postgrad right, stuff, right? Right. So, yeah, the fact that he graduates and then his dad, uh, played by the voice of Kit William Daniels, uh, yells at him because he's not going to 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 masters to get his master's degree. Yeah, well, it's he... like, well, yeah, of course not. He's been laying around drinking beer. I know. I know. And it's like he's just he's just depressed. He's depressed. He's stressed and he doesn't know who yes, to talk to. He's he's neurotic and, too. And, yeah. yeah. And it just in the manipulation of him continues. And he's not innocent of you know, mistakes and things that he does. No. But it's just uh yeah, it's just it's one of those there was a streak of films in the um I guess in the maybe late fifties and in the sixties about like the disillusionment with this Life of swimming pools and mowing the lawn and stuff Privilege. like that. And yeah, yeah, I think something that's going to go on my list is is the swimmer, which is a Burt Lancaster movie about that very thing. Okay, which um, is kind of a hidden gem, uh, and I haven't seen. I've read the short story, but I haven't haven't actually seen the um, film. <laughs> but this is yeah, this is that right? Like it's just he doesn't know what to do with himself. Yes, um, yes. I think it's fascinating that you know the people that we he was. 30 i think when the movie was filmed like he was not a kid yeah he's supposed to be 2021 and he in a lot of ways was not you know they were thinking of a robert uh, literally robert redford and and uh warren Beatty, both uh redford or were were being looked at for it Mm -hmm. um and then they got you know five foot tall (laughs) dustin hoffman yeah 
who is Jewish, which is not really what they were looking for or not what you'd expect. And Mike Nichols is like, oh, no, I think this is uh, the guy. Also, Warren Beatty and it's making Bonnie and Clyde. Right, right, <laughs> We right. also wanted Faye Dunaway for the Catherine Ross part. She's making Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, uh, ultimately he stood up for um, for Hoffman and, and wanted him for the film. And I mean, I think it's the right choice and it definitely Absolutely. launched uh, Hoffman's career. Like, yeah. Was, yeah, wasn't he like not that much younger in reality that from Anne Bancroft? He was six or seven years younger than Anne Bancroft in this. Yeah, and I'm not sure Bancroft had hit forty. Yeah, yeah. Who, by the way, like is smoking in, in this in oh, this movie? She, like when I first yeah, saw this film, gorgeous. I was like, oh, it's the old mom or whatever. And now I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, oh, damn, she's she's hot. She's she's a good looking lady and she uh you know she pays attention to like her her looks. Um What? I'm just saying I'm just saying she takes care of herself. That's that's <laughs> okay, what I right. that's what I you meant. Know, I, is that I, weird? I, I mean yeah, it is. I made an okay. offhanded comment that you are going somewhere uh, uh, down a down a road I can't follow. Okay. I, I just meant to All say right. that you brought up the fact that yes, they're not that far apart in age and, yes. and they and they aren't. Um, but also I think that until like the last, you know, part of the film, like the third act, she also is a part of this film. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, it's yeah. as much her film as it is Benjamin's and uh, Mrs. Mrs. Robinson's. Yes. Uh, until she just turns into a cartoon villain. <laughs> like at the end. Yes. It's too late. <laughs> Not for me. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, up until that point, and it's actually some of the um, reviews of the time sort of criticized it for. I mean, nowadays it's a classic. We all know. Yeah, it's surprisingly, I think, mid eighties on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not like another like ninety or hundred percent banger, but you know the yeah the reviews of the time, like Pauline Kael said, it's really it's an interesting kind of look at suburban life, you know, up until the end. But well, right. I think what a lot of people remember is the end. The end. Yeah, because it's so dramatic. And because of what Wayne's World 2. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and other, I know like the Simpsons did a spoof on it too. Well, of course. Yeah. That's um, that's where, because I, I do this all the time, but that's the thing where he goes into the gas station and he's like, I need to use the phone. And he uses the phone and he's like, I'm, I'm Reverend Johnson. I, I need to know where the church is. Yes. You know? And then he's like, where's the thing? And he runs out and the gas station attendant's like, Hey, where you gonna get some gas? Where are you going? Yeah, and that's the thing in Wayne's World too, where Wayne comes in and he's asking the gas attendant about something, and the guy's like, "Oh, I don't know," and he's like, "Stop, stop, wait, stop." I know this is a small scene, but can we just get a better actor for this? It's important. <laughs> oh, you're like, kidding! And then so a PA pushes him off, and they push Charlton Heston on. <laughs> so Charlton Heston's like, "Ah, yes, the first Presbyterian. I remember <laughs> when I was a boy." I, yeah. Okay, it's been a while since I've seen that movie. Yeah. Uh, obviously, need a rewatch. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I I think it's I think it's gets it gets weirder as it goes on. I mean, their their relationship is weird. That they, they it's purely it's it's more or less just about sex with them. And he tries to make it more like he wants to have an actual conversation. Well, with he wants her. to have a connection with anybody. Yes. And, and and she she's not really having it. And then they his parents more or less force him to go on a date with her daughter, yeah. which that's, he had promised before that's weird. Yeah. he wouldn't do. And Catherine Ross uh, as Elaine, like there's not much to Elaine. If no, I've read. It's based on a book. I haven't read the book. Um, it's actually it's based on a book, and then of course the screenplay is by Buck Henry. 
um, and Calder Willingham, which I never put two and two together. Everybody knows like Buck Henry, but like Calder Willingham wrote a bunch of films. Oh, really? Uh, one of which was uh, Paths of Glory. Okay. <laughs> one of my favorite films. Uh, which is seen that one. Paths of, you've seen Paths of Glory. Have I? Okay. What is it about? It's about in World War One, three troops go on trial for cowardice and then Kirk Douglas has to defend them. Oh, that's the Kirk Douglas World War One. Okay. Why do I always keep forgetting what it's called? It's, it's a weird name. Okay. But anyway, um, yes. yeah, so he wrote that and this. So okay. <laughs> did you just go like, I'll write all the serious stuff. Oh, no, now he's going to have an affair. And then Buck Henry's like, I'll do the bit where the toast pops out at the end of the scene, scares everybody. <laughs> that was, I mean, that was great timing. Or Silly, I'll have, but... yeah, or I'll have, uh, uh, you know, um, um, the mayor from Jaws, Murray Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who the whole movie, like Mr. Robinson is nowhere in this. No. Until at the end he finally comes to like confront Ben, yes, but, but he's like terrified of him. Yes, he's like, uh, please uh, lower your voice. He's like, I'm lowering my voice is low. He's like, uh, could you unclench your fist, please? Yeah, yes. Don't look at me like that. Yeah, exactly. And like <laughs> to get away, he's like waiting for him in his room, and like to get away from him, he climbs over the bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, why are you so terrified of this young guy? But I, I mean, but I think that the it could have, um, it could have. Tried to maybe in the book is my point. Maybe the book um, focused more. We find out more about Elaine, who is right. raised by these two weirdos. Right. In the film, she's just beatific, you know, Catherine Ross. Right, but she, like she, she she's could gorgeous. be as effed up as mom and dad. Right. Well, and we certainly get weird things from her because yes. Like, she, you know, knowing what she knows or what she thinks she knows yes. that Ben raped her mom, right. you can see why she wouldn't want to talk to him. But then right. she goes and talks to him, and then and then she like you know screams and freaks out and acts uh, like it's prototypical crazy hysterical woman. Right. Then she is kind of dating him again, but also is dating some other guy, Carl or whatever, on the side. Yeah, and she has been very non-committal to both of them. Both of them have in a weird sort of way, asked her if she would marry him. Yeah. And she said she might. I mean, that's how she responded to, like, both of them. Right. And so she's kind of stringing on both along. I don't think she's really crazy about either of them, to be perfectly frank. And I don't think she... I think she, like Ben, doesn't really know what to do with her life. Yeah. And um, I think she likes the idea of Ben because he seems like you know somebody that she should never ever ever be with because of the experience you know that he had with her mom but that makes him more tantalizing to her so i think she's kind of messed up in some ways too because like yeah at one point she's like can you kiss me and it's oh it's just weird um and yeah and then just the, the end is so bizarre too you know like because they go off together, but neither of them are very happy about it. <laughs> yeah. And and I don't know if they actually, you know, if they'll actually end up getting married or if they'll go their separate ways. We just, you just don't know, you know? Yeah. Um, it's but unsettling. It is. And I kind of, you kind of get the feeling that like Ben in some way has kind of ruined his life because of these. Uh, yeah. But if you can't. If you don't have any direction, yeah, and I don't know, I don't think the movie's saying this, but if there's something "quote unquote" wrong with you, you're not going to have this kind of life anyway. And everybody who has this life, 
we don't actually find out all that much about um, the Braddocks, but like, right. you know, the, the Robinsons are miserable. Yes. You know, no matter what clearly. plastics or whatever it is they do, right, right, like right. they're not happy and yeah. Ben wouldn't want that kind of thing anyway. So it's like, this is, it's not a hippie movie, but it's the same kind of ideas that the hippies are exploring about, you know, there being a different life than this nine to five cocktails and bourbon and scotch thing right from people who are locked into that life basically from birth there's just nothing they can do about it you're Mm -hmm. going to berkeley and you're going to come home and probably marry a guy in plastics right and that's going to be your life but that's that's all coming apart the wheels are coming off yes and as you said, we get a little sick of Scarborough Square, but you what, know. Scarborough Fair, yeah, yeah Scarborough um, Fair. What Sorry. does it mean that Mister Roper is his uh, is his landlord when he goes to the to the bedsit or whatever I, it is? I don't, I don't know who else. A lot who of that is. a lot of uh, Norman Fells in this. A lot of stealth cameos in this, uh, but not really yes. cameos. Um, um, Richard Dreyfus yes. is one of the tenants in the building. Uh, who else? Jeez, uh, I don't. I don't know, but there there just seem like there are a lot of like character actors like at the party and stuff like that at the beginning too. Yeah. Um <laughs> I mean, and he he clearly it's kind of interesting that his parents this is obviously for his parents. This is not really for him. They they have not paid attention to him that he does not like this kind of social setting. The party is too much for him. So, um yeah, it, it's clearly more for them than it is for him because it's not really something that he wants. So, um, yeah, they it's it's clear from the beginning, like you said, that they don't really get him in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, um I mean, w- worth it. Glad glad you saw it. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think it is a classic. Um, you know, and it is it is saying something about like uh, you know suburban life, and I I think it has, you know influenced other films that are are maybe about like you know affairs and that sort of thing um and weird you think well i don't think anybody's tried to copy the graduate well i guess (laughs) i guess it's like you said it's just like the um the cultural nods to it that have like been in wayne's world and like the simpsons but um uh but yeah, I am glad that I saw it because you you know um, it's something that I think comes comes up every once in a while, and, and mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I, I you know I think that's one reason why I started putting this list together is you know to that I want to see films that I've I've heard of, but I just haven't you know I want to become more educated in a film. Yeah. So. Well, this is a door that you'd have to go through. Yes, absolutely. I suppose. Um. How about you? What was uh, your pick this time? I can't remember if we talked about this last time. I don't know where I got this from. But my pick was uh, the 2001 feature Mulholland Drive Mm -hmm. uh, by David Lynch. Yes. And I don't know how I got there. (laughs) But I'm starting to figure out there's a theme. (laughs) Because last week's movie was about making movies. This week's movie is about Hollywood, mm-hmm. and I already know what next week's movie is going to be. Yeah. So okay. for some reason, I'm doing movies about Hollywood and, and about movies. Okay. Well, I, I think you were trying to prove to me that this is, like, this is a thing, and we're going over, like, you know, films in the not-so-recent past that have won uh, Best uh, Picture for Oscars, and there's there's quite a few of those. Well, they kind of fall in that category. There's definitely films that do well. I don't think that they necessarily win outright. I mean, it's Fair. either you'll often get 
you know, uh, racial, uh, either like dealing with directly with racism or a film about slavery or about Jim Crow uh, will win. (laughs) Like like Green Book. I mean, there's literally no other reason that Green Book could have won. Right. Did did it win anything else? I don't know that it did. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Oscars don't matter. Hashtag. Yeah. Or um, or a film about you know like the artist. Why did the artist win? Because it's a movie about movies, right? But by that logic, Hugo should have got Best Picture, but yeah. it didn't. So mm-hmm. and I don't remember what happened that year. Two thousand four. Oh, was that Crash? Oh, that might have been Crash. I don't remember. Um, I'm not really good about remembering the years and which one, which movie won then. But thanks um... for confessing that. <laughs> I know that was tough for you. Yeah, Hugo yeah. was two thousand and eleven. So I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, uh, let's talk about this movie, Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. I am a David Lynch fan. Yes, as am I. Uh, I don't think that there is anybody who has seen a David Lynch movie and just went, "Oh yeah, that's good." <laughs> no. And then just goes on and doesn't. You when you say you're a David Lynch fan, you mean you're somebody who likes David Lynch movies because I think you have to get into this man as an artist and want to know what what the hell he's talking about. And be into it. I, what I'm saying is I don't think anybody just casually likes a David Lynch movie. Except maybe Blue Velvet. Maybe somebody saw Blue Velvet. Oh, boy. And then they fell into a crevasse in the ice. And they were thought out years later. And they're like, oh, that guy kept making movies? Like, it was a pretty good movie. I like uh, Dennis Hopper or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but like, <laughs> or The Straight Story. Maybe The Straight Story was on. <laughs> what's, what's the Christian cable channel? Oh, I don't know. Um, uh I don't know. The, yeah, the straight story was on Lifetime or something like that. And they're like, oh, yeah, he's just driving, driving a lawnmower. Oh, he's going to talk to people. I don't think I've seen that one. I need to put that on. But otherwise, list. no, you don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're a David Lynch fan. <laughs> yeah. But I am a David Lynch fan, so that means that I like David Lynch movies and I have opinions about them. And when I saw this in the theater in 2001, I thought, this is the most effed up thing he's ever done. No one, no one can ever understand this. Uh-huh. This is his most obtuse work. Whoa. Now in 2020, I look at it and go, this is his least obtruse work. Oh. Or abstruse work. Okay. Why, I why thought it was totally impenetrable. Change? And now that I think about it, it is possibly the most penetrable of his works. Okay. This movie can be fully penetrated. Wow. End to end. Wow. <laughs> what make, okay. So why the change of heart? Let me ask you. Yeah. What's happening in Lost Highway? Oh, in Lost Highway? Beyond just like, oh, a guy kills his wife and can't deal with the the fact that he, he can't deal with the guilt and so he becomes somebody else. Uh-huh. But things catch up to him. Right. Oh, okay. So I guess Lost Highway and Mulholland Drive are both very penetrable. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think there's, I, there's a lot of shots of cars driving. I don't know. Yeah, well, Lynch likes that. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it's just the age of the YouTube video or something and I've just seen enough uh, concise analysis, but like I totally get it. Okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you say mm, I don't know what, what happened in the film. Well, this is why I want to. I, I feel like I get it. Like this is at least the second time I've seen it, so I feel like I, I get it a little bit better than like the first time I saw it. Um, but so essentially, there, there's lots of different stories. He crams all these different actors in his films, which I'm not complaining about. It, it's just, it kind of helps You're getting good at this. the rich tapestry. You're delivering your commentary while trying to supposedly answer the one question that I asked you. Yeah, okay. Um, it's, 
basically it's about um this young actress uh betty played by no well, you're just Naomi gonna do like we don't want a plot recap i'm oh. asking you like what's it all mean what's it about it's it it's it's like so in reality her reality is is not that great and <laughs> um and uh she's not ha- a happy person she's pretty depressed and um i think she like basically kind of like uh creates this story about her uh, coming to Hollywood and meeting somebody who she she loves, and um, it's a much happier story than her actual story. And she hires Jacob from Lost to kill yes. the, 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 the lady, love that yeah. she, the woman she loves, her yes. her girlfriend. Yes, and he does it, and then she can't handle the guilt, and so she creates a whole another. She creates a TV show for ABC that they didn't want. Right. Right, and then uh, Which she is kills literally herself. What happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. He was just literally gonna like, cause <laughs> I think he like after Twin Peaks, he like carved into a board or a piece of plywood. I'll never do TV again, mm. and then somehow got talked into doing TV again, and so he created a ninety-minute pilot that was ostensibly for anybody, but I think they took it to ABC because he had people there, you know, and that was it was just gonna be kind of Twin Peaks too. Mm-hmm. You know, it was going to be weird things happen, but now yes. in LA. Right, right, right. Uh, and there's going to be a mystery and we, what's in this box? And it doesn't matter what's in the box because something else is going to happen next week and somebody's yeah. going to get trapped in a doorknob or something like that. Right. And so we're just going to do that. And the people at ABC were like, no, no. <laughs> They're like Dan Hedaya. Ah, no! Yeah, right. And then the Angelo's spitting the coffee out everywhere. And oh, it's so gross. It was no. The answer was no. Yeah, right. <laughs> so he's like, well, shit. <laughs> so he just shot like, you know, the dark coda. Yeah. And then plugged it in there and it all made sense. Yes. Quote unquote. Yes. Because, yeah, it's just, you know, the the. F- First part is not invalid because it's all fake. It's all a movie. It's all film. It's all right. a fantasy narrative. So it's not like most things where, you know, the twist comes and it's like, idiot, that movie you're watching didn't matter at all. Yeah. Bloodshot. Right. Yeah, I know. I mean, um, it feels. It's still, you know, valid. It tells us a lot about the character that we're following. Mm-hmm. And then we see how her story wraps up, even though we already saw the effects of the end of her story, but we're just getting it at the end of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Silencio. Yeah, I know. Um, I was not surprised to learn that David Lynch mm-hmm. cast uh, Naomi Watts, mm-hmm. uh, who plays Betty. Yes. Slash Diane. And yes. uh, Laura Herring, uh, who plays Rita. Um, slash their, Camilla. After, slash Camilla Rhodes. Off their headshots. Really? David Lynch... And in this age of me too, nobody never said nothing, never, never did nothing to nobody. Mm-hmm. But David Lynch, in the classic sense of this term, slightly toxic, but now it just means a rapist, loves beautiful women. Yeah. Do you know I what know. I mean? Yep. yep. He, th- that's what he, and sometimes it works out great. Like uh, Isabella Rossellini, it's a great actress, mm-hmm. gets married to her for a long time. And yeah. then you get your Joan Chen's. Oh, Joan Chen. Oh, no. Just trapped in that doorknob. Wow. Forever. Wow. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's when he's I just like flipping yeah. through pictures, you know, like, oh, how, how hard am I? 
Oh uh, and he lands on Naomi Watts, who at this point, pretty much not a thing, right? Like, I, yeah, I think she's up and coming. We can dig back a little point. bit, but yeah. yeah, she was still on Home and Away just a couple years before. Yeah. Uh, lands somebody who can do everything that the part asks. Play two different people while yes. you're playing one person. Yeah. Play somebody who's playing somebody, yes. but kind of bad. Then later on, play somebody who's who's in an audition doing a role and doing a really good job. Yes. And then be, you know, uh, strung out Diane at the end. Yes. And all this other stuff. And then even like Laura Herring is, is great as Rita, too. Yeah. Uh, so... You know, have, have she? I wouldn't recommend like... casting that way. Yeah, but if you're no. just like, wow, she's hot, and it's funny because uh, he did say none of the he he famously doesn't tell anybody anything. You know, there's the famous like, you know, Eraserhead is my most spiritual film. Did like, you elaborate on that? No, um, <laughs> he uh, wouldn't tell the actors anything when they're shooting. Plus, the actors are shooting the original pilot. But now we've got a new stuff, so they have to go back and shoot this new stuff, and they're all trying to figure out like what's going on. Mm-hmm. And he did tell Justin Theroux, who plays um, Adam, the director. Yeah, I'll tell you this: you're you're you are not me. This is not an autobiographical part. Okay. So we know that. Okay. However, he's just looking at headshots of hot ladies and going, "This is the girl." <laughs> so, right. So right. Like, Maybe we're still coming out. Reality's still coming out. Even yeah. In this, uh, this this fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Is the 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 actress Laura? What's her name? Has she done other stuff? Um. um some stuff. Okay. She was in a bunch of movies after this. This kind of kickstarted um uh, a, a resurgence in her movie career. Okay. For a while. Um, she was in The Punisher. She was in John Q right after this. Okay. Um, not much else, though. Um, she was, you might recognize her as the first um, uh, Miss USA uh, who was a Hispanic. She's the first Hispanic oh. uh, Miss okay. USA, not Miss America, Miss USA. All right. Very cool. Uh, I did not know that. I Which think she did is a good the Donald job. Donald Trump one, I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think she did a good job too. Is that Miss America? Yeah. And, it's Donald, that's the Donald Trump one. And um, you know, she also had to play two different characters, and 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 I thought it was interesting choice. Like while she's helping uh, Betty w- read a scene, she's not very good um at like reading the scene with her. Like it seems like she's really struggling to do like the acting yeah. part. I mean, she doesn't. It doesn't last for long. No, it but doesn't. it is it is hard to act bad. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I think she I think she did a good job. Um, it's also crazy because you know this is a movie that has Billy Ray Cyrus in it. <laughs> so, uh, it, I was I, like, as we were watching it, I was talking. He's about, the pool guy, isn't he? Yeah. Oh gosh. I, I was I was ta- I was him. like saying his cat uh, his casting director. I know he does so, it, it, uh, some of it as well, but whoever he, his casting person is, yeah, is great. Yes. And now that I know that he just picks like, oh, she's hot. Like, like now that that's how he picks his actresses, apparently. Right, Or maybe right. he didn't care because it was, oh, it's a, another ABC TV show or whatever. Right. Um, but the the people who populate his universe is amazing. Like, it reminds me of like, um, like Tarantino's universe. Yeah. He always has yeah. these small bit parts, you know, the lady who... Um, you know, gets hit by uh, Marcellus Wallace, hits her car. I think that was Kathy Griffin, actually. Or no, Kathy Griffin witnessed the accident. Uh, accident. Mm-hmm. Um, just the little small bit parts, people in the store, the people who was at the drug den or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes it's a famous person. Sometimes it's just somebody that just doesn't look like an actor. Mm-hmm. And he's really good at that. Um, the the uh, that too, yeah. Yeah, the cowboy. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, he hasn't been in a lot of stuff. Okay. <laughs> he was in I Love guess, It. He I was in not. Wild at Heart. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, otherwise it's just, you know, so, sometimes there's a buggy. <laughs> how many drivers does a buggy have? Right, you right. Um, like, he was great. Yeah, he was. Um, and, 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 and I think he, he does a good job at... Um, Being menacing he, yeah. without really doing anything. Right, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, and you do see the cowboy a couple other times, like, throughout. And it, it's kind of interesting to see because it's like, was the first part of the movie all in Diane's head? Like, it kind of seems like that. Um, and, like, the old couple who she meets at, like, at the airplane, like, how how does she know them in real life? Because they, they kind of, like, are menacing towards her at the end. I mean, did she actually, when she actually came to Hollywood, did she have that experience? It kind of seems like maybe the that's old it. people? Yeah. Well, like the, the old, old people, couple. Yeah. Yeah. They represent something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, we're not going to talk about it. Okay. Uh, well, what do they represent? Um, well, what was Betty, excuse me, Diane's life like before she came to Hollywood? Um, I don't know. It seems like kind of um mundane. Like all I know is that she was from Canada and she won a swing contest. We see swing dancing jitterbug. at the very yes at the very beginning. She won a jitterbug contest. Yes, that's what she says. Yes, that is what she says. Do we know that's true? That that jitterbug contest looks pretty fake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like she's standing around with like her parents or something like that could they be her grandparents they could be her grandparents yeah Yeah. um so maybe that's what the old people represent do they seem menacing um do you think that that she liked leaving where she was from do you think she needed to leave where she was from um you seem like somebody who came from a good home I'm kind of guessing no, because she seems like she's struggling in a lot of ways Do, to really connect to people. Rhetorical questions? Yeah. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Do you think that they they didn't switch apartments? She moved out. Like, they were a couple? The girl in, in number 12? I couldn't figure that out. I couldn't figure out if they were a couple or if she sw- switched apartments with her because she killed her girlfriend. And then there were detectives looking for her. Uh-huh. But I mean, like, you just ask the person that now lives there and they go, oh, yeah, I switched apartment. She's over in 17. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I just think, like, when you're, you've are you got a box of your stuff that you come to get, that is easily uh, yeah. breakable code for right, we a, broke the up. end of a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then was she seeing Camilla while she was seeing her? Maybe that was why the relationship broke yeah, up. Right. Is that she got this bit part on this film and then, you know, Camilla was a star in the film and yeah. started a thing with her. And then like... But then there's a thing going on with the director too. And I don't know, like, if... Is Camilla really like this kind of, like, uh... I, I, I hesitate to say evil, but like she seems Vamp. like... She well, but she seems like she wants Diane to witness her kissing this man and being in love and with this girl. This man. It's another movie that Melissa yeah. George is in for like two minutes. It's like she's a really good actress. Yeah, she's being in like a, an actual movie instead of just you know the hooker in Dark City and then uh, the fake Camilla Rhodes in uh, Middle right. Drive. But right. 
Well, she's hot. <laughs> um, so quick things before we go. Um, so yeah, I got this. I got this thing figured out. No problem. Yeah. Uh, the only thing is that, uh, or the only thing that I learned recently that I was just so obvious and I never really got was that this is his. It's obviously about film. It's about yeah. um, classic Hollywood and noir and his sort of take on it. Um, you know, a, a, a neo noir or a, a darker sort of neo noir. Mm-hmm. What's dark in French? I don't noir. know. Noir, noir is black. So <laughs> yeah, I, I just I don't. That was I don't, a trick question. Okay. Uh, and so you've got that, but it's it's his it's Sunset Boulevard. It's Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, and this is just Mulholland Drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and it becomes painfully clear in the first three minutes when we focus on the street sign of Sunset, Sunset Boulevard. Boulevard. Yeah, where I it know. crosses Mulholland Drive, supposedly. Yeah, and so you've got a character who's on the run from bad people, and they end mm-hmm. up with somebody you know who is unsuspecting that they're going to show up. There's no monkey funeral in this case. But, yes, and then they. Their fortunes become married for good or bad. It's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that's just, it's just Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I got it. Good. <laughs> and also it is a fairly um, non um, male gazy depiction of a organic lesbian relationship. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like these two are like the Snoop sisters and that's a thing. You know, they're going to go around. They're going to solve this mystery. Yeah. Um, but there's also this sort of if this was if Diane was um, or Benny uh, was a guy helping this girl, we'd just be counting the clock. We'd be watching the clock, just clicking down yeah. to when these two are gonna get together, escape from danger, you know, and be like, oh, we're all excited, you know, yeah. and, and fall into bed together. Uh-huh. And it's we we get that. Uh-huh. It's just two two women instead of a woman and a man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, you say, yeah, yeah, but this is 2001. You I know? know. I know. There, it's not, you can't watch uh, any, every single uh, fashion show, uh, Netflix, reality, this and that. It was different. I know it was only no, 19 years ago, but it was different. I, I understand what you're saying. Yes, I agree with you. But you refuse to develop the conversation on the issue. What, what do you mean? Well, you don't have a comment on what I said? No, I I think it's I think you are are correct. Um, I think it was ahead of its time as far as that goes, and um, it was it was very organic. Um, it's Uncomfortable. Not, it's not forced. If you don't have a conversation with me, I can't do the joke. The button at the end where I go, and they're both hot. So I guess we'll just skip that part. Uh, so what? that's it for this week. Uh, I'm gonna pick blue as the warmest color as my next picture just oh. to drive this home for you i, I don't Which know is, why you have you're saying that i don't know why you refuse to engage me in talking about this it's significant how, how am i not engaging you i thought i was engaging you but you're not but you just saying well how am i not doing it that's not in, engaging it this is the this is the effect of the quar this is the this is the quar talking I, okay i don't understand how i'm not engaging well, usually you have something to say about the things that I say, but you're just like, yep, it is. And I'll just repeat all the things that you just said. Let's shut it down. Let's shut it down. All right. So this is the end of the show for good. Uh, I hope you enjoyed co-videos co- uh, and we're done now. Uh, we're, we're done now? Yeah. Okay. You don't want to do it anymore. No, I'm not saying that.
I'm not saying that at all. You're... I just want a third party to come in and go, but she's not talking anymore. You're right. You're right, Caliban. She's literally not talking now. We're live. Uh, okay. I, I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what you want me to say. I. I feel like I'm saying stuff, but you. You. You're just saying that I'm not. We'll talk about it off the air because you're not. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to give us some ideas about things we can talk about, check us out on social media at Just Enough Trope on Facebook and Twitter. And yeah, I mean, we got this is going to be at least another two weeks, uh, maybe more, probably more. So we need your ideas and your feedback and your responses and your and your suggestions. And please give those to us. And that is it for this week or for today. We'll be back uh, for another show soon. And until then, the sign off goes here.